Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having an absolutely blessed day today. I hope everybody is staying safe, as always, and continuing to get the truth out there. If you guys saw the product of the week, the zinc glycinate, y'all voted it one, so be sure to check it out. That's our zinc glycinate formula, extremely absorbable, high-dosed zinc formula on sale right now for 10% off as product of the week. So be sure to check that out at the website at healthmasters.com. And Dad, how are you doing this morning on this wonderful day? Uh, Austin, I'm doing great. I just want to start off the show this morning for just a second here. And I want to say something. Yesterday at the 51-minute mark on the show, and if you want to go back and listen to it, it won't matter because it's already been deleted, I misspoke. Now, I'm going to say something very, very quickly here. The Ted and Austin Brewer Show is coming to you live right now. There's no script. Uh, we don't do any edits unless we absolutely have to because we're trying to make it sure, make sure we're as spontaneous and as real as we possibly can be. The only show that I know that doesn't really do a taped broadcast with an edit is Jeff Rance, who's a good friend of mine. So the reality is, is that, you know, we're kind of saying things and we're not running with a script and we're not running with a teleprompter. So every once in a while, sometimes I may say something that comes across incorrectly. And that happened yesterday. And Dennis, who's been a long-time listener all the way back to Rod Parsley days 20 years ago and been a, health, you know, been a great supporter of Health Masters for the last 20 years. Thank you for that, Dennis. His daughter contacted me last night, and I had misspoken, and I wanted to clarify what I said, though I'm not going to repeat what I said because as far as I'm concerned, it's not how I feel, and so I'm not going to repeat it and put it back out there again. But what, let me share something with you real quickly. The, the, you know, Dennis and his daughter are both black. And they're big, you know, they're big listeners of the show and they promote the show. And I only say they're black because of the content of what happened yesterday when I was talking about Barack Obama. Now, let me say this very clearly to make sure everybody understands how I feel about whatever you want to feel about this morning with this topic we're talking about is that I was good friends with Colin Powell back in the 90s. I did probably 50 to 60 seminars with him, and we'd always sit in the ready room, and we would talk. And he's a really good guy, and I really, really liked him. And I felt absolutely awful when George W. threw him under the bus with those uranium tubes and the yellow cake and all the stuff that happened with the United Nations to push us into the war with Iraq. Because Colin Powell, after that happened, after he had seen what had happened to him, he left the Republican Party. Just just, just to give you that little information right there. Colin Powell, when he was – you know, doing the seminars with us back in the 90s, I asked him to run for president of the United States of America. And he basically told me that he did not want to do that because being the first black person who'd be running for president, he felt as though that if he had been elected, that he would be assassinated. We'll give you some real personal information now that Colin Powell and I talked about. His wife's name was Alma. It may still be Alma. She may still be alive. He died last year. Colin did from the stupid coronavirus injection, the death shots. And, and the reality is, is that he told me that Alma was too scared for him to do it because she was afraid he'd be assassinated. I told him, I said, I don't think that'll happen. People love you. I love you. You're a phenomenal leader, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, four-star four star general. Please run for president. And I told him that I would actually head up his campaign and be the chairperson for the state of Florida. Yeah, that's how committed I was to Colin Powell. He's a good guy. And Alan West is another person of color, black, who basically I would like to see continue in politics, who was promptly drummed out of Florida after he was elected on a Tea Party ballot because he got into a real liberal county down there and was a very conservative. And so I don't care if a person's black or white or Hispanic or 
quite frankly, anything if they're going to be president of the United States as long as they're the best choice that we have. And that's what I meant to say yesterday. But what I was talking about was diversity yesterday with Barack Obama. And quite frankly, I didn't vote for Barack Obama because he was an extreme liberal. He is a communist. He's a Marxist. I did not want him to be president of the United States, just like I don't want Hillary Clinton to be president of the United States, just like I didn't want John McCain to be president of the United States. There are a lot of people out there that are good choices. I mean, Sarah Palin, a lot of you don't like her. I personally like Sarah Palin. I think she's pretty cool, and I think she'd probably make a pretty good president. That's my opinion. Okay, But I don't care what gender they are or what color they are as long as they're the best candidate and they espouse conservative, in my opinion, Christian values. That's how I feel about that. And what I was trying to say yesterday, which I did very badly, by the way, and so I'm going to make sure it says, I say it right this time, is we were talking about the Air Force and that they had a woke agenda in which they had to come in now and they have to promote wokeness, the homosexuals, the transgenders. They've made a person's race now part of race politics and part of prejudice. It's weird how that whole thing works with Black Lives Matter, et cetera, et cetera. And I was talking about that yesterday. And personally, between me and you guys, I thought the United States had gotten past a lot of the racial prejudices that we had from the 50s and the 60s when I was born. And that we had made great strides having a black president, though I didn't vote for him yesterday. So I want you guys to understand how I feel about that. And I'm not even going to repeat what I said again because it wasn't correct. And I was going at 100 miles an hour like I do sometimes without a script. And so I'm doing my best. Now, remember, I've told you guys, if I mess up or I say something that I don't think I should have said or if I misquote a news story, if you tell me what I did, I will check it. And this was yesterday bad enough that I actually deleted it, took a minute of the show off, and I'm issuing a retraction today, which I told you that I will do. Now, there are a lot of podcasts out there. They wouldn't do what I'm doing right now. And why am I doing this? Because I try to walk in, how should I say, in respect of all of my listeners, regardless of your background. I really do because I love you guys. I pray for you guys every single day. And, again, Sharon has the ST Brower account. So when we were contacted last time by Dennis's daughter questioning what I had said, I immediately went back to the podcast because I thought, well, I'm going to listen to this. And she was right. And I apologized to her via Instagram last night. And I also called and spoke to Dennis last night and apologized to him and told him that is not my intent. That is not what I meant to say. Now, a lot of you guys are going, wow, Ted, we didn't think you'd do this. Well, no, I told you. When I make a mistake, I own it. And I fixed it. And I'm coming back to you guys about it right now. So that's enough of this. I love you guys. Awesome. What's your first story, bud? Absolutely, bud. And that's the reason why, you know, we do the best we can on the show. And I'm glad you clarified that because, yeah, there are no teleprompters. There are no scripts. There are no breaks. And there is no delay, by the way. This is a live feed that we run every single day on the show. And the rest of the shows that get replayed during the day are reruns of this show that you're currently hearing right now if you're listening to it live in the morning. So just wanted to give everybody a heads up on that so you know this is where we're at. We're not mainstream fake news media. We don't sit there and read off a teleprompter that our banker handlers wrote for us to make sure we push their specific narrative. We're simply here to bring you the truth as best as we possibly can, even yes. though we do make a mistake every now and then. 
we try to keep everything as factual and truthful as we can. And that's why I continue to tell everybody, do your own research as well. I always tell people that. You hear me on the show all the time. And if you find something that's grossly inaccurate, let us know. Now, of course, I don't I don't care to get emails about idiotic things where someone will say, well, you said that there were 279 deaths, Austin, and there were actually 278. You, you misspoke on that. I've gotten those emails, too. Now, those I'm not even going to respond to because those are just petty and obnoxious because you guys know exactly where I'm getting with the topic, what I'm bringing up. Because you have to remember, most of the stuff I do on this show is off book. There's no notes. I may have articles that I'm pulling, but most of the stuff is me researching all morning long, and I'm going off memory and stuff that I've read and taking notes on. So every now and then I may miss, you know, misspeak one number or something like that. But overall, we try to keep everything as accurate as physically possible. Now, one thing that I told everybody about two years ago, and I told you guys about the story where I was at dinner, you know, basically on the meeting, and there was a lady there that was talking about how she got injected so she could simply fly. And I said, well, what happens when they start mandating a third shot in order for you to fly internationally or go to different countries and so forth? She said, well, I don't think they'll do that. Well, France now, four million French have now just discovered this week that their vaccine passports are now expired. Yeah, they're double shot Moderna, Pfizer, whatever you want to have, AstraZeneca injection into you, your double shot that gave you your Big old vaccine passport so you could travel freely on your way now. And you had permission from the government and the bankers that you were allowed to travel because you've been injected now with RNA gene therapy. Well, they've decided that the peasants are not complying enough with their next round of third booster shots and the fourth booster shot, which is already starting to be ready to roll out, as uh, as Fauci and Pfizer have already stated. Uh, France said, no, by the way, uh, if you haven't had your booster shot, Everything you did is completely void now. Yeah, doesn't matter if you got two shots of Pfizer. Doesn't matter if you're recovered. Doesn't matter if you're healthy. You didn't get your booster, so you just lost all your privileges. Your vaccine passport is now expired, and you cannot do anything. I was reading the article earlier, and they were talking about how one the French 24 reported that an 18-year-old student said they woke up notifying that their vaccine passport had expired. They headed straight to the vaccine center. Another student said there's too many rules. They said the length of time for people to get a booster has now been shortened to three months. Another young woman interviewed by the news channel who chose not to get the booster shot said, I don't have the right to do anything anymore, so I'm not even going to try to comply. I hope this pass is suspended soon because it's insane. And as you guys know, France is still one of the absolute nut jobs of Europe, imposing some of the harshest COVID restrictions and being the last to lift them. Even Austria, which turned into a dystopian nightmare for a while, has started to remove a lot of the restrictions. Ironically enough, England pretty much has removed all restrictions. Well, at the same time, Ireland has turned around and basically doesn't want – or excuse me, Scotland has turned around and doesn't want to remove any restrictions. And I saw an article earlier here from the expose, and it came from official data from the Public Health of Scotland, and it's now confirming the vaccinated populace have accounted now for four in every five covid cases. Yeah, that's starting to happen now. Hospitalizations and deaths over the past two months. Four out of every COVID case, hospitalization, and death now have been a fully vaccinated individual. And on a side comparison, they said of those two months suggests the COVID booster campaign has been a complete failure because the percentage of COVID cases, hospitalizations, and death has gone down in the unvaccinated population while massively increasing in the triple-vax population. 
Nicola Sturgeon, the first minister of Scotland, has insisted that masks remain in place and passports remain in place, despite Boris Johnson in the United Kingdom scraping all of it. The Public Health of Scotland published a weekly COVID-19 statistical report containing data of the cases, hospitalizations, and deaths by vaccination status right there on their website. The following chart has been collated from data found in Table 11 of the PHS COVID-19 statistical report published January 12, 2022, and Table 12 of February 9th, 2022. And it shows the number of COVID cases by vaccination status basically has skyrocketed at the same time COVID cases of unvaccinated has dropped dramatically and the cases of hospitalizations and deaths of triple vaccinated is at an all-time high so at some point in time (laughs) at some point in time people have to start looking at this and going am i gonna keep going along with this giant sadistic theater operation that we're starting to see here because clearly I think it is evident now for a majority of people that are even remotely awake that this shot campaign, as I claimed it would be, and I was speculating at first because we had not seen what the shot was going to do, but I claimed it summer of 2020, and I said it's highly likely this thing is going to progress the pandemic and make people sicker and sicker and sicker once I saw RNA gene therapy be the main item that they want to start injecting people with. At no point in recorded history in the United States have we allowed experimental therapy sessions with gene therapy to be used on people as test dummies in the hundreds of million person range. Never. Most of those technologies go into production and start being tested for upwards of a decade when you start looking at CRISPR-9 gene editing and all kinds of other topics. Decades. Decades, guys. 5, 10, 15, 20 years this stuff is in research and development and testing and clinical trials and experimental trials and so forth. Never have we seen something roll out that was never approved by the FDA go through basically three months of trial and then turn around and be pushed on the populace. And then to insult injury, we tell people if you don't get this experimental shot, you're basically going to be terminated. My brother-in-law, the one that basically fought tooth and nail about the vaccine exemption, the religious exemption – I was just notified by him this week. He has now been laid off for reasons of sizing down the company. Now, what's interesting about it is they're finding out now that a lot of the people that were laid off were the same ones that pushed back against the vaccine mandates. Now, he's already got another job lined up because he's very smart. and He's very resourceful. But again, this is the resolve that they're willing to go to make sure everybody gets this experimental RNA. And if we're looking at the research right here from Scotland and we're showing that everybody that's injected and triple shot up is having an exponentially higher increase of death and hospitalizations, then you have to ask yourself the million-dollar question. If this isn't about science and this isn't about saving people's lives, what is it? What's well, exactly what I said it was, and Dad said it was from the very beginning. It's a eugenics protocol from an experimental platform to see how many people they could get to go along with vaccine mandates in order to see how sick they could make people. That's it. That is all this entire platform has been. This is why Canadian truckers have had such a fit. This is why we got the American trucking convoy that's headed to D.C. right now. This is why people have had enough of it. And the problem with it is I'm hoping and praying that enough people now have woken up and it's not too little too late. Because the time, (laughs) I said this, the time to push back and stop complying was at the very beginning. 
I used the analogy, and it has come back and slapped me in the face because I did not want it to be this accurate. I said the mask mandates and the restrictions and telling people they could and couldn't go places and they couldn't have their business open. I said resisting that is like dealing with an enemy that's a 1,000 meters away, and you have a very nice long-range platform, like a 338 Lapu or 50 BMG or some very effective weapon. I said once we get the mask mandates and everybody complies and we allow the enemy – I said, we're going to be trench warfare, and that's exactly where we are now. Mandates for your businesses, mandates for people's jobs, telling people they can't go to church, they can't run a business, they can't go to work unless they get the shot, telling people that they're not allowed to enter a building and go to a restaurant, telling people that they can't go into a store. We're, I mean, we're on top of it now. It's bayonets. There is no other option. And it saddens me that so many people didn't see it, and now so many people are looking back in hindsight going, this is what we have to do. So the biggest option that we can do right now, again, as I have said, is to continue to not follow one single stitch of requirement or mandate that people keep pushing, period. There can be no compliance with this, my friends. I've said this for two years now. We've seen how far the resolve in Canada has gotten now with the Emergency Powers Act going in now with the police and trying to seize funds and everything else. Why do you think they got away with this this time? Because people went along with it for the last two years. I knew a Canadian listener that was up there in Quebec, and she was she listened to us for years. And I talked to her. She asked me. She goes, well, I don't really know what to do. I want to be able to travel, so I'm just going to go ahead and get the shot now. And I emailed her back. I said, that's your choice. I said, I promise you this won't be the end of it. I said, everybody that's complying with this shot in order to make a normal thing come back to life is not going to happen. I said, if somebody tells you, you have to do what I tell you or I'm going to take everything you have. Okay, That's what somebody says. I'm going to take everything you have unless you do exactly what I tell you. And you do exactly what they tell them. Why in the world do you think they're going to stop telling you and forcing you to do more and more and more egregious things the more you comply with them? They see at that point that you are now a peasant. You no longer have freedom of will. You've now handed over your rights to them, and you're essentially a slave. They own you. They have no intentions on backing off. They have no intentions on stopping their charade and pushing their sadistic agenda. This is why I push so hard to get the kids out of the school systems that won't listen or get the people in the school the school board out of the system or continue to f- stop pushing these unbelievably perverted ideologies on these kids along with the mask. I saw a photo that Ian posted, Ian Fitness up there with Atlas Gym the other day, and it was with a photo that a girl had drawn up there, uh, it, up towards him, and she he sent it to her, and it was a photo of a girl crying with hands that were formed into a mask over his fa- over her face. That was the photo that this actual girl drew. And he said, this is a sketch drawn by an eighth-grade student. And he goes on to say here, the extent of the psychological and developmental damage that is being done to children maliciously and unfairly prolonged is not going to be understood for some time. They have never had a choice or a voice about their freedom. It was dictated to them by bureaucrats and delusional teachers with no basis in science whatsoever. Their irrational fears and power tripping of adults is harming children as they are still masked. Prove me wrong. And he's running for Congress right now, and he basically said he will guarantee the safety of our children from medical oppression as his first step in securing the medical freedom of all Americans. And uh, that's Ian Smith for Congress, and he's running up there, and he's 100% accurate. 
the very fact that you still have schools telling kids they have to wear muzzles on their face is so far egregious and sadistic and steeped in Satanism now, as we've clearly seen. It is all about bringing in the occultic ideology of masking and muzzling the peasants and not allowing them to speak their mind or communicate with one another. This is going to have irreparable damage for the rest of these children's lives if this continues to go on. This is not okay under any circumstances, and we have to continue to fight for these kids because, like he said, they didn't get a choice in this. This is why I don't even have kids in the public school system. I still went down to Bartow to fight in that argument down there about the mask mandates because I said, children don't have a voice. You're just dictating this decree like you're Caesar Augustus. You just make decrees. Oh, you wear a mask now, child. doesn't matter what the science says. doesn't matter what the parents say. doesn't matter what the voters say. We just decree from the board because we're the almighty school board. Uh, newsflash, it doesn't work like that. Our property taxes pay their salary. They don't have a job if we stop paying taxes, period. The funding stops, they stop. And quite frankly, that's been another topic that I've been trying to figure out how to go after. And it's been very difficult in trying to have ways for individuals to hold funding back from schools. DeSantis has done that very aggressively now down here. And he's been one of the main fighting force uh, governors that we've seen in the free state of Florida. And it's sad to me that we have a lot of individuals that in governors around the country that are refusing to do so. So that's why I've encouraged people continue to make sure we have a true and fair election. Get actively involved in the elections if you need to in your areas, in your districts, and make sure that these complete and total sacks of poo are voted out this fall as far as in these midterms, and we actually have some governors that stand up for freedom and some congressional members and Senate members that are going to stand up for freedom in these states that were once beautiful states that have now fallen prey to the Marxist, communist, ideology that has infiltrated them dad what do you think well that was a really good segment and, and you're right and you said a few months ago you said rules for thee but not for me and you know this morning uh, my 19 year old her name's savannah she's a great kid she's in college doing great you know we were talking about rules and we were talking about how rules need to be applied to everything we were talking about chores. We were talking about, you know, curfews. We were talking about all kinds of different things. And I said, life is full of rules. You know, and you think, well, some of the rules are good and some of the rules are bad. And that's a fact. But they need to all be applied equally. If it's okay for you to do this, it's okay for me to do this. And, and that's the problem that I have with everything that's happening in Congress and everything that's happening in Washington. The rules are for us, but not for them. You know, we're forced to get, you know, Biden in, well, Biden care years ago, or we have to pay a penalty, but Congress never had to take a Biden care, you know, you know, you know, Obamacare. They didn't have to do it. They were able to basically exempt themselves from the rules that were for us, but they were basically to exclude themselves. And that's what they always do. Uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, you know, the rest of us is thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not kill, but their body counts unbelievable. People say, well, that's all circumstantial. Why don't you go back and look at Vince Foster and find out how he died and go back to the Rose Law Firm and go all the way back, 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 back to the running of drugs to Mena, Arkansas. Just keep going back, and you'll start finding all kinds of implications You know, with Clintons and how the Rose Law Firm caught on fire and burned, and all the records were destroyed, on and on and on and on. And so you can't make this stuff up. And then you have the things with, you know, with the Mossad. And with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and how they don't have any rules. They can go ahead and pick up little girls and little boys or whoever they want to pick up and basically, you know, rape them. Statutory rape. They can do all that no matter what. The rules don't apply. They can do whatever they want to do. 
and this is the group of people that have been put into place by the Kabbalist Luciferians that are running the planet and have been done so and have done so for thousands of years since the ancient Canaanite religions. Look at the Old Testament. Look back at the beginning of the New Testament. Look at Herod and his edict after Jesus was born in the manger with Mary and Joseph, how he wanted to kill all of the young children. Remember that? And they had to flee and leave Judea and leave Israel and go somewhere else. Many people believe it was Egypt. And so this is the thing that people need to understand is that when the government becomes tyrannical, it's been happening for thousands and thousands of years. The Roman government used to crucify Christians. If they found out you were a Christian, they hauled you off and they had you crucified. You, you weren't allowed to have freedom of religion unless you were practicing something other than Christianity. It didn't matter if you were going to all the different Roman pagan deities and pagan gods. They didn't care. But if you decided to practice Christianity and love one another, you had to be crucified. What? Well, you guys can read through the history books. Look at Josephus. Look at all. Look what they did to Jesus. Jesus sat there and basically told everybody the truth. And the people around Christ, they basically said, you know, you know, we don't have to obey the truth. We don't, you know, we, we can do whatever we want to do. We can believe what we want to believe, do what we want to do. And there's nothing you can say to us to change our mind. And the guy who was driving the nails and the Jesus's, you know, wrists to hang him on the cross, his response was, I was just obeying orders. And the list goes on and on and on. We have a situation where these rules are being done exactly like Austin said. We don't get a script on the Ted Nelson Brower show by the international banking community, as do many alt-media people do. We don't, we don't have a list of foreboding topics that we can't talk about because we've been told those topics cannot be discussed on our show. We don't do that. We go into all of this weird stuff, but the rules have to be for everybody. They have to be applied equally. Otherwise, what's the point? We've got to understand that. And guys, listen to me. If we don't, then what we do is we end up in tyranny, where they do whatever they want to do to us, hang us from the bridge, no rules of law, no trial by our peers. Just we have a group of people that are basically, how would you say, the elite they consider themselves to be. And quite frankly, I personally think that, you know, this is probably, you know, a situation in which they're changing our DNA. There's a really interesting article here that's under news and commentary. It's by a guy named Heilman. He says, frightening resurfaced World Economic Forum clip, and it says, we are one of the last generations of homo sapiens. What? The World Economic Forum, funded by Klaus Schwab, has started to make headlines as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has invoked an emergencies act against the Freedom Convoy, while Trudeau and the media try to portray the protesters as violent and aggressive. The videos coming out of Canada show the exact opposite. And with Trudeau moving to seize bank accounts of the protesters, it appears that his current agenda was once theorized at the World Economic Forum. In 2018, before COVID-19 mandates, vaccine passports and government overreach, a man by the name of Harari spoke of the power, spoke about, spoke about the power behind the human data and how humanity being contained to its human form may soon be a thing of the past. While it sound like something from a science fiction novel, Harari detailed how technology will soon be able to understand a person better than they do. He noted, imagine the situation in 20 years when an algorithm could tell any TJ teenager exactly where he or she is going to do and going to go. Wait a minute. These are the algorithms. If you watch that one movie, Don't Look Up, it's very interesting at the very end. Now, I'm not telling you that's a great movie, nor do I agree with it. It's got some really weird stuff in it we talked about a few months ago. 
But there at the very end, he starts questioning the guy making the choices of whether to destroy the planet or not to destroy the planet, quite frankly. And the guy looked at him and goes, who do you think you are? I'm paraphrasing to tell me what I need to do and what not to do. Do you not realize that we have 40 million data points on you already? We know everything about you. And that's where it's going. And once they start injecting us, and they've already done so with this RNA vaccine, and they change us into something else, how do we know what the graphene oxide oxide is going to do that's in these injections? How do we know what's going to happen when they really ratchet up 5G? How do we know what happens when they really start putting things in us and changing us from the inside out if we're even going to be human anymore? Because you say, well, that sounds silly, Ted. They already did it in Genesis chapter 6. God warned us about it. They were already where every thought of every man was evil all the time, and the fallen ones had come down and bred with females and basically produced Nephilim. It already tells us they did this once before. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah when this happened, so shall it be again upon the return of the Son of Man. That's what we've got to understand. And guys, listen to me. It's so important that we realize that we have to do everything we possibly can this sounds really weird to stay human. Gosh, that sounds odd, doesn't it? Who thought we'd talk about stuff like this and not take RNA vaccines, which change us? It's insane that we're doing this. And then we have people like Kyle Rittenhouse, who stands his ground, gets attacked. And some people say, well, he shouldn't have been there. Well, the police should have been there. They chose not to be. Kyle Rittenhouse went there to help, brought an AR-15, ended up shooting a few people, killing one of them, if I remember correctly. And now he has found been found not guilty, but I'll give him credit. He is suing a bunch of the Hollywood scum who called him a murderer, including the weirdo Oprah Winfrey, which is she seems to want to offend everybody all of the time. And, and so he's basically saying, I'm suing all these guys. They called me a murderer. I was found not guilty. They blast. They basically you know, slandered him. And so now he's going after them in the court of law, which I'm really happy he's doing that. But, guys, you know, <coughs> we have to understand. That this agenda that this new world order has put up has just done this for one thing is to cause division among the population, to make the races hate each other, to make the men and women hate each other. That started with the Frankfurt School with women's liberation. They really wanted to make us all hate each other. They basically said that women were a slave back then to the husband, which is nonsense. And all these different things they've done to destroy the nuclear family. Here's an interesting article. It says, after 25 deaths, almost $2 billion in damages, and over 2,000 policemen and policewomen injured, U.S. companies, which are controlled by State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard, the Bloodline Families, the Rothschild Banking Cartels, these companies have contributed or promised nearly $1 billion to Black Lives Matter and or social justice groups. Wait a minute. Is it that much? Yeah, it's that much. The, ma the major city chiefs association issued a report in the 2020 protests on unrest, and the report looked at the unrest in 68 largest municipal and county jurisdictions in the United States, primarily all controlled by Democrats. And these members say that they experienced an 8,700 total present. There were a total of 8,700 total protest events during the roughly two-month period. One city, unidentified but likely Portland, reported 1,100 protest events during that period. And the average number of protest, event protest events in a single jurisdiction was 128. During this time, looting and arson were common. This is underneath Trump because they were trying to prove to him that they could do whatever he wanted to do. And over 2,000 law enforcement officers were injured. 
At least 25 people were killed during these protests at a cost of close to $2 billion. As the protests began, big money by the Rothschild banking cartel, the Kabbalists, flowed into BLM. We reported on how the donations were funneled through the Democrats' Democrats Act Blue Donation Scheme and then into another charity called Thousand Currents. This charity has a former ter- had a former terrorist member of the Weather Underground on its board. I mean, this is insane how much money came in, a billion dollars, to promote this agenda of destroying the population of the United States, dividing the population of the United States, destroying infrastructure, destroying businesses. This is Cloward Piven rules for radicals, Sal Alinsky on steroids, why Barack Obama, some say, was basically orchestrating most of this. Now, I don't give him credit for that. Mind you, he's a spokesperson. He does a lot of stuff because he's a hardcore communist. But the reality is, is this is systemic throughout all these different organizations, throughout all of these cities that are democratically controlled. Here in Florida, it's kind of interesting. A couple years ago, I reported on a riot. It really wasn't a protest. It was a riot that I drove through in the truck. That was bad, and they had come in and blocked a major intersection on Highway 98 and Highway 92, and we got stuck in it, in the pickup truck. And it was interesting because I was watching this, and I called up the city of Lakeland, and I said, what the heck are you guys doing? You need to get these guys off the street. I mean, there were a 1,000 people there. And they said, no, we've already handled that. It's already cleared. I said, no, it's not. I'm looking at them. I'm stuck in it. So I ended up calling the sheriff's department, calling 911, and they overrode the city of Lakeland. They sent the sheriff's department in. This is Grady Judd, probably the greatest sheriff ever in the history of the world. And he basically had him come out and drop tear gas on everybody. Oh, yeah, in Lakeland. And it was dispersed immediately because Grady Judd is a very strong Republican and very strong Christian. And he wasn't going to put up with this nonsense. See, that's how we handle it down here. Plus, you got to remember, they didn't go berserk down here, all of the rioters. Why? Because pretty much everybody that I personally know has a concealed weapons permit. I'm just going to let you know that. And if they don't have a concealed weapons permit, they keep a gun locked in the glove box of their car. Florida State's kind of like the, kind of like the wild, wild west used to be. Everybody's armed down here. You know, Florida is. And so we got to realize that, you know, we don't play that game here. We really don't. And so these democratic strongholds, which have banned guns and, and basically allowed everybody to go nuts because they want to go nuts and they don't want to obey any kind of rules, like I talked to my daughter about today. These cities are in complete and total disarray. They really are. And they lay it off police officers because they don't want them. Now the crime's through the roof. Rapes are through the roof. Robberies are through the roof. Some of the major cities, the shoplifting is so bad because they passed the law. Now, as you guys know, that if it's less than $1,000, a lot of times they won't even ticket you or arrest you or even come after you. In spite of the fact that they may have videos of you doing it, they just ignore it as you push a basket full of stuff out the door. This is insanity. This is chaos. This is communism. This is what they want to do to destroy the very fabric of our society. This is the Kabbalah. This is Luciferianism. This is to bring in their Klaus Schwab New World Order. And, guys, we've got to understand that, and we've got to stand against it. That's why whenever you have the opportunity to intervene with something like that, if you can do it safely, I'm going to say that again, and if it's within the laws of your particular city or county that you live in, or at least say something, do it. But guys, be careful because if you get involved with some of these people, 
They don't go by the rules, remember? They don't live in a civilized society. You say something to them, they may pull a doggone gun out of their pocket or out of their shirt or out of their pants and put a bullet in you, so you got to be really careful. Be very, very careful in the situations that you're in, and always remember, if you decide to intervene or say something, you better be prepared to defend yourself. Very, very important. I think Austin will agree with that. What do you think, buddy, and what's your next story? Well, yeah, absolutely, and another thing to add on to that, if you guys know, this is one of the reasons why down here in Florida, DeSantis signed the law. I think actually the Senate may have, I think, approved it originally, is that you know if somebody is in their vehicle, and somebody is trying to do them great bodily harm or preventing them from traveling freely and they're in fear of their life, there is no legal recourse that they run people over. This happened repeatedly up in northern Yankee you know, communist states in New York and in California when individuals were literally stopped at a stoplight and 20 to 30 people would get around the vehicle and start beating their windows in and trying to drag them out of the car, and they drove off and ran over two or three terrorist protesters – and all of a sudden, they go down the street and call 911, and they get arrested basically for you know battery on a pedestrian with a deadly weapon because of vehicle or you know vehicular vehicular battery or multiple charges. I'm hearing about it. And it was so stupid because everybody's like, "What are you supposed to do? You got 20, 30 people surrounding your vehicle, banging on your windshield, trying to kick it in, and you start trying to drive. Now, since you try to leave." You're being charged, and so Florida stopped that really fast because that was one of the most insane things I'd ever seen. But again. That was the communist mantra, is you can't do anything, let my rule, radical communists come in, beat you to death and drag you out of your car, and you're not allowed to defend yourself. There are also numerous instances of people firing, you know, shooting weapons, discharging weapons out of vehicles that had happened. And a lot of states that were conservative said, okay, this is, this is legal. You know, if you're boxed in somewhere and you don't feel safe, nobody has the right to start coming up to you and start banging in your window and trying to drag you out of your car. This is so important. So understand the laws and rules for a lot of this stuff. And in reality, at the end of the day, and I can tell you this right now, this has been my only standpoint. At the end of the day, if you get caught in a situation like that, especially if it's something you didn't expect to have happen and you weren't planning on it, I don't care about the side effects on the back end. My family is my primary goal at that point in time. I'll deal with the consequences later on, but I'm going to get as far away out of that situation or defend my family as hard as I can in that situation as quickly as possible. And if you do that, you need to know what's going to happen on the back end. But that's another reason why, too. If you're true and you're real and you're a patriot, get out of these hellhole states. But that means the other thing, too. If you're not really sure, and I've told this to multiple people that come here, Democrats and New Yorkers that basically are hardcore leftists, that do you come to Florida? Don't bring your BS with you. You take it back to where you came from. Nobody wants your nonsense down here because we don't play that. And now you're starting to see these northern states have gone full-blown flop as far as they're going to do everything they can to push their communist agenda. Vermont, multiple towns in Vermont now, have now opened voting to foreign nationals and even offered ballots in foreign languages. Kid you not. A pair of Vermont towns are ready for their first Local elections where foreign nationals will be allowed to vote in foreign languages. Montpelier, the state's capital, and Winoski, located just outside of Burlington, are now set to hold local elections where for the first time foreign nationals will be able to vote. 
In addition, they're sharing that non-English speaking foreign nationals have ballots in their native languages because, you know, you come here illegally and you basically get a green card or you have something to stay here. Uh, you shouldn't have to learn English, right? I mean, that, that shouldn't be a requirement. You should be able to come here illegally and function in your native tongue and not abide by any laws and vote for who you want and not pay any taxes and pretty much live how you want to live. Right? I mean, that is the communist mantra. And what's interesting about this, I couldn't figure out how they got away with this. And sure enough, oh, yeah, they did it. In June 2021, Democrats and Vermont state legislator approved changes to the charters governing Montpelier and Winoski so that foreign nationals could vote in local elections. Imagine that. Everything that was going on last summer when it was the, oh, COVID was taking over the country and everybody needed to lock down again in some of these blue states. You know what we really need to do? We need to make sure foreign nationals can vote here legally and not even have to speak English. We need to make sure they have ballots for them. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, Republican Governor Phil Scott vetoed the plan because it did not provide all foreign nationals across Vermont the right to vote. Legislators ultimately overrode his veto. <laughs> I'm like, you can't make this clown show up. This is what their overall goal is, and this is where they're pushing it. Once they get enough individuals in certain areas, they don't have to even rig the elections anymore. They don't have to. It's very simple. You already have enough people there that you're giving free stuff to, and they get anything they want. They get free checks every month. They'll vote for whoever you tell them to vote for as long as they keep getting their free stuff. This isn't just what we've seen in the United States. This has happened everywhere. You know, I've talked to people that have come out of Venezuela and they told me the exact same thing. I said they would come in, you know, with Chavez and make sure, you know, everybody's getting their money, everybody's getting their cash, everybody's getting their free cash. You know, it doesn't matter what elections happen, it doesn't matter who people voted for, they would just come in and count the ballots. They'd just do whatever they want to do with them. And you reach a point in time where so many people are getting paid so much money, they have no interest in voting for anybody else. As long as they keep their checks and as long as they don't have to work, you know, it's interesting because Human beings are the only species, the only species that do not always strive to their maximum potential. We're the only ones. And that's primarily because we're not based solely off instinct. We have freedom of will and the ability to make our own decisions outside of instinctual abilities. You look at a tree. Have you ever heard of a tree trying to grow as half as it possibly could? Got up to about 10 feet. Oak tree said, you know what? I'm done. Don't want to grow anymore. I'm cool at 10 feet. Don't want to do it anymore. No, don't do that. Oak trees don't do that. They dig the roots as deep, deep as they can, get as much water as they can, keep spreading the roots as far as they can for their entire life cycle and grow as tall as they possibly can with the nutrients and water and soil that they have abundantly available to them. You've heard a lion, big old lion, male lion, alpha lion, walking around. He goes, you know what? I just don't really feel like hunting anymore. I don't, I don't really want to hunt. I don't, I don't feel like doing this. This is, this is lung violent to me. In German, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. I want to lay down. I want to sleep. Now, they sleep like 22 hours a day, but that other two hours, what do they do? They kill, they dominate, and they take what they want because they're the dominating apex predator in that area. They always strive to the maximum potential. You never see a tiger get, you know, 50 pounds. Tiger goes, I'm big enough. I'm 50 pounds. I don't want to get any bigger. I'm done. I'm going to go sleep now the rest of my life. They don't do that. Human beings are the only species that do that. We go, ah, you know what? I'm getting $1,000 a month for the government. I don't want to do anything else. I'm happy sitting at home smoking pot, eating nachos all day, watching Jerry Springer. That's the highlight of my life now. I'm just going to do it the rest of my life because i got free money. Human beings are the only species that does that. But again, you have to understand why. It's called being enabled. People instinctually, before this entire thing has happened with this communist indoctrination and this social welfare generation, 
A lot of people didn't go that route. You had lazy people. You had people that basically didn't do a whole lot. There's always been people like that. But for the most part, people didn't have the option. It was called survival of the fittest, which I fully agree with. I do not agree with a lot of the uh, theories of evolution, obviously, born-again Christian. But the survival of the fittest is a very, very true ideology. The strongest survive and adapt. I was watching a show the other day called 1883. It's about the kind of the Oregon Trail and the pilgrimage up north to Oregon and Montana. Interesting show. Very, very well done show for a TV series Western. And it's they're constantly going through calamities. And people are constantly dying. I mean dying, dysentery, dying, tornado, dying from Indians, dying from getting shot, dying from getting a cut, dying from broken arm, dying from everything. I'm constantly dying. Everybody dies all the time. And I thought to myself, I said, what level of aggression and drive, though, did those people have back then? willing to load up a wagon with a bunch of food and a bunch of cows and a bunch of ammo and a bunch of guns and take their family said we're going west to free land we're going to go take our stake out in montana we're going to go out to utah we're going to go out to oregon we're going to go find what we really want to find and we're going to be free men you know that was only like 100 years ago 120 130 years ago how far have we fallen as a society now to the point where People are actually not going outside or going to stores or hanging around families if they don't wear a muzzle on their face because of a virus that has a 99.97% survival rate. My friends, it's time that America grows a brain again and starts realizing that we're human beings made in the image of God Almighty, and we can do all things to Christ. We don't have to ask permission. We're all free inherently. Now, if we choose to be slaves and we choose to give up our rights and we choose to put handcuffs on, that's our choice, but that's all by our choice. It's not inherent. We're the only individuals, like I said, only species that does not strive for our full potential all the time. Let's not make that occurrence anymore. Let's go back to American roots and say, listen, let's be survival of the fittest. Let's make America great again. Let's continue to stand up for what we believe and stand up for our convictions. I continue to encourage that, and I continue to encourage everybody to support people that are speaking the truth. I do it all the time. There's multiple companies I know, veteran companies I know, other companies I know that are stout, and they're speaking the truth. And you can tell. You can tell when people start talking about topics they're not supposed to talk about, like on our show and Hagman's show and numerous other people that I know, because they don't get any sponsors. They don't get anybody promoting them. In fact, there's a lot of people that don't want Ted and I on people's shows before. I've had them say it before. Like, ah, you know what? If you come on the show, you, you may offend some people. I've had people say it before. So, ah, you know, we may, have to, we may have to hold back. You may have to just kind of cut back on some of your talk. Um, no, I'm going to pass. I'm not, I'm not going to go on a show and censor myself. I don't use explicit profanity. I'm not going on shows using God's name in vain. I'm not bringing up stuff and saying stuff like that that's grossly offensive to people. Neither does that. I try to make sure this show is as PG as possible. Now, some of the topics we get on, on this show, sometimes they can be graphic. You know, We try to keep them toned down for the most part, but just life is life. Things happen. But if we're not pushing those segments out there, but then you have other platforms that are using explicit profanity and God's name in vain and promoting drug usage and alcohol usage and all types of explicit behavior, and they're promoted rapidly and get huge hits and get no censorship for the most part. You ever wonder why that happens? Well, yeah, there's certain topics they're told not to talk about. They can talk about 95% of what's going on. There's that 5% segment with the banker boys and all the stuff that goes on in the Middle East and all the things that continue to occur behind the scenes that we bring up on a regular basis. Now, you don't talk about those, bro. You don't bring that up, and you especially don't talk about Jesus at all. That's a topic you don't talk about. You can talk about God. You can say the word God. You can bring that up all you want. 
But don't talk about anything you're not supposed to talk about or else we'll cut your sponsorship, we'll cut your funding, and we'll bring out the platform. That's when you start knowing people are talking about the truth. What do you think, Deb? Uh, hence why I was taken off Christian media. Hence why I was taken off so many platforms that I spoke on for so many years. Yep. Hence why I was taken off basically mainstream media. Uh, hence I talk about it. I, I'm going I'm to remind you of this. Last year, I went on a huge Christian network with like in 70 million homes. And I went on with a good friend of mine. And we did a show with him. And I told him, I said, let me have 30 minutes a day to tell the truth about the ancient Canaanite religions, the Kabbalists, the Luciferians. I said, I know you're Zionist TV. I'm not going to mention Israel. Don't have to. Okay, I can just go back to the ancient, you know, Canaanite religions and talk about this group of bankers or Kabbalists. I will mention that, and I will go into detail on how they control the planet. He goes, okay. And for his credit, I'll give him. It was a 30-minute show. He gave me pretty much a monologue, and I hammered it. I mean, I hammered it. Well, YouTube pulled it down within a couple of days. And he said, okay, we can't do this. I'm putting it back up again. And he put it back up again. And YouTube contacted this huge Christian network and said, if you put up Ted Brower again, you put up this show again, we will yoke all of your programming, all of your hosts for all of the years that you've put this program on. Uh, we will cut, we will destroy, take down everything. So he, he didn't put it up again. And he contacted me and told me that's what they had said. So when Austin tells you that, he's right. See, that's why I like staying with the issues. I really do. I don't like talking about illegal immigration. I don't like talking about Mexicans or whites or blacks or Hispanics or Russians or Germans or French and picking specific ethnic groups or specific people around the world to say something about what's going on with that particular group. But nobody else is doing it either. So I have to do it. I've got to say some things. And this thing with BLM, they've pushed us all to do this now because they've made it another big issue, which it wasn't an issue before they started doing this. So that's why I do my best. Remember years ago, guys, you know, four years ago when I came out and started saying stuff about Trump, oh, my gosh, Austin finally said to me, he says, Dad, I'm getting hammered with emails People are getting mad. They're not listening to the show anymore because you said something about Trump. And I said, Austin, I can't help what I, what I see. If I see him do something like put Gutlieb into the FDA, I've got to talk about it. I've got to do something about it. I've got to do something because nobody else is saying anything. And I got, I got hit pretty hard at all media. I did because I was telling people, well, why did Trump do this? And why does he have more counsel on foreign relation people in his cabinet and in his administration than any other president, including Barack Obama, and the CFR is committed to a one-world government. Why is Trump putting these people in? I even asked Roger Stone that. I said, why is he putting so many CFR members in? And Roger says, I don't know. He says, I warned him about those guys, and he's, he put them in anyhow. Roger Stone's own lips to my ears. This is you know a couple of years ago, right, when Trump was still president. And guys, it's this, this is what we get into when we have people get into positions of power if we don't put a checks and balances back on them and say the truth and what are they doing like Trump, let me give you Trump made a true statement. This is, this is from the daily mail. Trump says Putin's invasion plan was genius. Okay. This is Trump. I posted this in case you guys want to read it yourself. 
praises savvy move to send the strongest peacekeeping force in the world to take over Ukrainian breakaway regions and say the U.S. could do the same at the southern border. <laughs> Quote, Trump, if properly handled, there is absolutely no reason that the situation currently happening in Ukraine should have happened at all. The weak sanctions are insignificant relative to taking over a country. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday sent troops into the pro-Russian regions of Luhansk and Donetsk, D-O-N-E-T-S-K, as he declared these regions independent. Now, people need to also realize when you look at the Ukraine and you look south to a seaport called N-O-V-O-A-Z-O-V-S-K, Novoaswask or whatever, you know, these seaports are on the Black Sea down there, and that Black Sea is a warm-water port. All these different things are being done very, how should I say, strategically with Putin. Now, Trump also said that Putin would have never done this had Trump been president. I don't believe that. I believe that Putin and Trump, and to the best of their ability with Biden, because he's so stinking senile, that these leaders come in and are told what to do through the World Economic Forum, who controlled indirectly or directly, somehow we don't really understand the relationship between them and the Rothschild banking cartel and the central banks around the world from an intricate standpoint. Because remember, the Rothschild banking cartel has specifically told us that they are above the law in the United States and they cannot be audited. And where did that $20 trillion go, Ben Bernanke? Well, we don't know. <laughs> you know, guys, think about it for a second. Yeah, I may lose some change in my pocket. I may I may put it down somewhere on the dresser or whatever gets knocked on the floor. I can't find the, the 50 cents or whatever because I don't really think much about that at the age of 66. I don't really care. If the grandkids come over, I'll tell them if you find change, that's fine. You can keep it. Don't really care. $20 trillion, that would snap me, <laughs> snap me pretty tight, Austin. I don't even know what to say. I can't believe that people with that are that flippant that they say, oh, we don't know where the money went. And when you analyze it, it goes to all of these big corporations and all these other central banks. But again, remember, this is money they're printing on our ticket and billing us for the money and charging us interest on it to do all of the things because we're the world reserve currency. Weird how we can't audit the Fed. But that's kind of the way they wondered it, isn't it? I love you guys. I appreciate you. You guys have an absolutely wonderful day. I had the opportunity to pray for you today. You guys are amazing. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely, and that's why I had so much respect for Ron Paul, because he was one of the only guys in the Senate that was ever calling to audit the Fed. One of the only ones. He was like the lone voice in the wilderness. Everybody goes, oh, that's just, that's just Ron being Ron. No, it wasn't just Ron being Ron. He was the one that specifically said the only way we're going to get free is if we cut the Federal Reserve off the banking cartel off and we audit them. I remember they did that one audit on the Fed. I remember it was like a decade or so ago, two decades ago. I forgot what it was. They, they got through and it was like they audited the beginning of the audit. There was like a multi-billion, hundred-something billion dollar discrepancy already on the first balance sheet. They said, you know what, guys, we're not going to do this anymore. Closed our books and walked away. One of the only audits of the Federal Reserve in recent history. Huh? Well, don't, don't, don't worry about that. You don't worry about that balance sheet. Uh, you know what? We're just done. Tell me how that worked for anybody else in the country. Oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna comply anymore. You, we're not we're not gonna allow you to audit us. Reminds me of that movie Tombstone with uh, Kurt Russell after the OK Corral shooting, and that that moronic sheriff comes running out after which goes, "All right, all right, guys, all y'all are arrested." And he goes, "I don't think I'm gonna let you arrest us today, Meehan. You go run off and go do something else." 
And I remember I laughed at that part because that's how real government and real men acted back then. You know, when something happened, they defended what they had to. They took care of what they had to. They didn't comply with unjust, unconstitutional restrictions. Granted, it was a whole different lifestyle back then, and (laughs) the life expectancy was really short. But you lived free, and you lived real, and you lived as a man. And you didn't have to deal with this nonsense of people trying to force their opinion and their ideas and trying to get you to do things stupid. Like, you have to you have to wear a mask to walk over to your table to be seated. But then you can take a mask off. It's okay. You can take it off the entire time you're eating, but you have to put it on while you walk. How about you either sit me down right now or I'm done. You can cancel my reservation. I'm going to go to a restaurant and I'll never step foot in here again. That's the two options we have right now, A and B, because I vote with my money, and I encourage everybody to do the same. Be sure to check out the product of the week, my friends. I said earlier, the zinc glycinate, also the HGH Stimulate, last week product on sale, 20% off super sale. That will be ending this week, this weekend, and the Purple Stick 3-pack special on sale right now on the front page of the website at healthmasters.com as well, along with lots of other kits and specials we have going on, including the Healthy Immune Kit, our vitamin C, D3, and zinc all combined together for an incredibly good formula. So be sure to check it out on the website, healthmasters.com. My friends, have a great, fantastic, awesome night. Continue to get the truth out there and continue to keep freedom alive the best you possibly can. Have an awesome night. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.